Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Fellas, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports so you can come on and listen. NFL predictions. What's your Hello, hello, and welcome to this exciting show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. Just when I thought we'd start off with the college football playoff Final Four and give them their just due, they get bumped because the New York football giants, Mara and Tish, the owners, have decided no mas, we can't take it anymore, Ray. Two and ten, they fire Ben McAdoo, the head coach, and Jerry Reese, who's been with them since 94 as a scout, the GM. And they're going to have to, you know, get new people. They have interims and Spagnola and then a guy, you know, Everett or whatever is the GM. Ray, my question is to you, did, did it need to get to this? Should it already have happened? And where do they go next? Gruden, Shaw, like, where do they go? What, what do you think? So here's a question. Is the Giants' job still that good of a job? If you don't answer the Eli Manning question, it puts a big question mark out there, right? They don't have a great offensive line. They don't have a great running game. They have some talent. This Evan Ingram kid is nice, and obviously Odell Beckham Jr. and Shepard. So the, the Giants used to be a no-brainer head coaching job. I'm not sure that it's top five anymore, top ten. So – that's the question. I don't know who's going who's gonna to get it, but I know they'll put a lot of money in this guy, and they're going to want it to be a high-character guy that's going to want to stay for 10 or 15 years. I don't think the Giants want to go through this very often. I mean, they had Coughlin for a while. They obviously had Parcells. So they want a long-standing coach. I don't think they want to be going through this. This is un-Giant-like, if you know what I mean. They, haven't, they don't have any experience with this craziness. Well, yeah, not just on giant like, but you you know, do you get the GM first? Do you get a person that you know will bring in their own GM as the coach and give him more power, like a Gruden? You know, do you roll out the red carpet like they did for Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M and offer David Shaw, you know, whatever he wants if he wants to bring Pep Hamilton and his whole Stanford crew with him? This is the thing. I think it's a good job. Because if you do move away from Eli and you're building with, let's say, Rosen or Darnold, Ray, or Baker Mayfield, whatever it is, you can then have salary cap space to rebuild that offensive line. And then all that talent around it becomes so much better instantly. So keep that in mind when you think about the Giants next season. They'll be healthy. And if Eli goes to Jacksonville or the Broncos, then, you know, they've got a lot of salary cap space. And maybe Gino is the backup quarterback to this young rookie or the bridge. You know what I mean? I don't like any of these rookies, though. That's, that's my bottom line. I don't think any of them are going to do anything. I put them in the Blake Bortles category. I don't think any Ooh. of them are going to do anything in the pros. I don't know. I got Listen, these guys every week have been changing my mind in terms of Baker Mayfield, who will win the Heisman next weekend, and, and 41 touchdowns. Uh, Darnold, you know. Well, you know what, let's just get to it. The college football playoff, we'll get back to the NFL, but Ray, it, it's crazy because it's 
Clemson against Bama in the rematch, part three in the semis, number one and four. Then Oklahoma, deservedly so, number two against number three, Georgia. And did you have an issue with Ohio State, the Big Ten champ, not getting in, even though they did have the worst loss that any team would have ever had getting in the playoffs? It was closer than it should have been for Alabama. I think throughout the year, Alabama's the best team in the country. They may not play like it, and their schedule and their record doesn't necessarily show it. But it was the injury. Be fair. The injury for Bama slowed them up this year. Yeah, you can't keep losing linebackers like that and be going into, like, your your high school, you know, pipeline. But uh, (laughs) at the end of the day, I think it was the right decision. And you know what? They were consistent which is funny because people were calling for them to be valuing a conference champion, but they didn't last year, right? Ohio State got down last year, and they got shellacked in the playoffs last year. So they were consistent. They basically said, we don't necessarily think that a conference championship means more than just a win. Basically, they Right, said, and it's one of the criteria when two teams are equal, but they said Alabama – is not equal, that they were clearly number four. And I think they're right because you cannot lose at Iowa 55-24, you know what I mean, and then lose to Oklahoma at home. That's, you could say that loss is fine, but the Iowa loss, you can't explain that away when Bama's only lost once. I think if Bama had lost twice, Ray, if they lost that Mississippi State game, then Ohio State would have got in yesterday. Let me yeah. ask you this, though. Go ahead. I think so. I think so. If they would have had two losses. But what do you think about the Cotton Bowl, December 29th? That's must-see television, Ohio State against USC, isn't it? It is, and that's an old-school Rose Bowl game, right? That's an old-school, you know, uh, Pac-12, Big Ten championship game, but that's in Dallas. So, yeah, that should be a great game. There are some good games, and and for all those people that are like you that call for an 18 playoff, Oh, it would have been perfect this year. That would have been in the 18 playoff. Could you SC imagine? probably sneaks in, right, by virtue of winning the Pac-12, beating Stanford? Yeah, USC against Clemson. I mean, look, you would have had Bama against Ohio State in a 4-5 game. That would have been insane. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, you know, eight, eight teams, this would have been a great season for eight teams, with, without a doubt. And Ray and Tate will definitely get more into the bowl mania and, and talk about some of the bigger bowl games and stuff. But I think we got a good, entertaining final foray, and it's something for the fans to, to look forward to. And, boy, Clemson, uh, they were dominating. Miami got, got hurt up pretty good. I think there's a big gap between the talent and the execution of Clemson and Miami. Uh, I, Miami put it on – Notre Dame, and that's their best win of the season. But I think that they're head and shoulders behind Clemson. Clemson really is the real deal. When they're playing well, they're hard to guard. Well, speaking of the real deal and hard to guard, let's go to week 13, and then we'll pick Monday and Thursday. But, Ray, everyone touting the Eagles, Sunday night football, they come into a tough Seattle stadium. And you picked it. I went against my own Super Bowl pick and thought the Eagles could make a statement. But, no, the statement was made by Russell Wilson, Mike Davis, and the Seattle Seahawks. And I got to tell you, Russell Wilson has just thrown his foot, hat, and his pinky toe in the MVP race. 
How impressed were you with the 24-10 victory over the Eagles? Very impressed, but not surprised, if that makes any sense. Oh, This course. team's got a lot of heart. They play extremely well at home. Russell Wilson does too much, but he's fantastic. He really is. I don't think he'll win MVP because he'll probably give it to one of the quarterbacks of the, you know, what will probably be uh, 14 or 13-win teams. But Russell Case Wilson. Keenum. Don't forget about Case Maybe. Keenum. He should get some votes. He should get yeah, some votes. Yo, that's my man, yo. We need a Case Keenum jersey and T-shirt, from yo. Houston. I still have his jersey from Houston. Yeah. Uh, University of. But, uh, yeah. no, for real, though. He, no, for real. He should get, he should get MVP votes. But, you know what? Very impressed, especially doing this without a quarter or no, half of the Legion of Boom, right? Richard Sherman wasn't there. And uh, um, your boy, was uh, Camp Chancellor, wasn't there. So, very impressed. And you know what? In the long run, I think this is good for the Eagles. The Eagles are a little too confident, a little, little too loosey-goosey. They yeah. got – it's funny because they went the other way. They went mad conservative in the first half until finally Doug Peterson let it loose a little bit in the second half. But I think there's a good learning experience for the Eagles. They're a good team. They just got a little ahead of themselves. Well, it's hard to win, I think, at nighttime in Seattle as well. And next week they have another huge test going to the Los Angeles Rams. So don't say on the left coast. The Rams got their win. But the Saints are the most – not the most, but a very impressive team. After they lost to the Rams, they bounced back at home and take care of the Panthers, uh, win by 10. I got to tell you, Ray, Ingram and Kamara, that is a dynamic duo that could be on pace for – a record of 3,000 total combined yards. That's insane. And um, listen, man, sky's the limit because I think if you get, you know, Breeze and a running game and, you know, a little bit of a lead and and an attacking defense, you got to watch out. You got to watch out for the Saints. um, There's no reason the Saints can't compete for for a Super Bowl. There's no dominant team, especially not in the NFC, especially when you saw the formula to take down Philly. So why not? I mean, you got to think Minnesota, Philly, Seattle, and the Saints all think to themselves, we can win this whole thing. I mean, heck, even, even you know, Atlanta, if they can squeeze in, or Carolina can think they can win it. They're all good teams, but there's no great team, especially not in the NFC. Yeah, and that bad man who's coming back in two weeks after the Packers, they got their win if they beat Cleveland next week. But I want to jump to the AFC West. You got to give the Ravens and Jaguars, Jaguars props for their win. But with the Jets handling their business, Josh McCown is an all-star, beating the Chiefs and outscoring Alex Smith, who fantasy owners might have benched and are probably killing themselves. With the Chargers and Raiders winning, the Chiefs losing, a three-way tie, 6-6. Six and six. Who's going to win the AFC West, right? It might just be the Chargers, as crazy as it yeah. sounds, starting 0-4, because the air has definitely been let out of the balloon of the Chiefs. They really don't know what to do with themselves. They it's sad. are they're, – they're, they're in bad shape. So I don't know what Andy Reid can do, because I don't think you fix something like this in week 13. So I'm really worried if I'm a Chiefs fan. Uh, the Chargers probably have the best front four – and they actually have a decent, uh, you know, decent defense. They have playmakers on offense. Keenan well, Allen, Keenan, Allen straight. Keenan Allen is playing like a pro bowler right now. He is. All he needs to do is stay healthy. 
And we know yeah. Philip Rivers can win some games. Remember those years he went into New England? He did big things. So watch out for the Chargers. No, definitely. But we got to give props, obviously, the Vikings. Big win in Minnesota. The Patriots, you know, big win in Buffalo. Despite the, you know, the Gronk mess, the Patriots' defense has gotten better every week. The Vikings' defense is insane. Xavier Rhodes, the job he did on Julio, the only issue I have is Sarkeesian and Matt Ryan. Only given Julio, what, six targets? Um, and, and, and Xavier Rhodes is great, but you've got to test the guy a little bit, Ray. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's kind of disappointing. If you're a Falcons fan today, you're like, come on, really? Or a fantasy football fan of Julio Jones. <laughs> oh, Ray's amongst yeah. the people in the streets. I, I, I hear them calling them. So, Ray, let's get to Monday Night Football. You hit it up first. Steelers at the Bengals. What do you got for me? What did they say in Rocky? Pain. I got pain. <laughs> so I, I don't see any way that Cincinnati is even competitive in this game. I mean, the only thing going for them is that the New England game is probably in two, is two weeks away, and maybe that's what, what Pittsburgh is uh, shooting for, December 17th, I guess. But, no, I see pain. I think the Steelers are humming on all cylinders. Uh the defense is, is fast and is young. The offense is, you know, the killer bees. I like the Steelers big. I think they win 34-20. Wow. Well, I kind of agree with you, but I know my Steelers, they traditionally haven't played so well in a row, but they tend to step up against the Bengals. I think they'll be a little bit more scoring. I'm going to say 30-21. to 21. Steelers get it done. Antonio and, and Le'Veon eat and Juju comes back with a touchdown. So that should be, you know, fascinating for fans to see. And then, you know, it's back with the Eagles and Vikings tied and the Steelers and Patriots tied Thursday night football. We'll be back on Friday, Ray uh, Saints at Falcons. What do you got? This is an excellent game. Great game. It means much more, means much more to the, Falcons, because if they oh, lose, yeah. they'd be seven and six, really struggling, especially with the with the uh, Green Bay Packers coming up, with Aaron Rodgers coming back. I think the Falcons put it together. I really do. Wow. Uh, I don't. I don't know how, and I don't know. Uh, nothing this week tells me that they can do it. But you know what? This team was fourteen and two last year. They're pretty darn good. They went to the Super Bowl. Or was it 13-3? They went to the Super Bowl. They could have won, should have won. And so this team is good. And I think they'll find a way to beat New Orleans. New Orleans is one of those teams where even though they're winning, you know, if you can stop the run, it sounds funny now, if you can stop the run, you can actually shake up this team because Drew Brees doesn't have his best set of playmakers around him this year. So I think that you keep it close. They pull away in the fourth quarter. And I don't think they have an answer for Julio Jones. So I'll say they win a close game, relatively low scoring for these two teams. So I'll say 23-20. Atlanta Falcons keep their playoff hopes alive. So then you got Keanu Neal coming in in the box and stopping Mark Ingram and Kamara with the run. The one thing you can't stop, though, is Kamara out of the backfield. But I think similar to you, I think the Falcons do a die at home. And this huge, you know, this is a big rivalry, Atlanta-New Orleans. I think the Falcons win, too, but I'm going to say 27-23, and they got to force-feed Julio. I want to see 12 targets for Julio. Um, 
you know, especially if I make the fantasy playoffs, Ray, and I got him on my team. Anybody who uh, banked on that's games what tonight, it's really all about. Come on. Yeah, now. we wish that's we wish all you guys well tonight. Fantasy football players will be back Friday. Great sports week. Uh, we wish all the Giants fans who are sad today. You know, days will be ahead. Don't worry, it's gonna be I. Right. So have a great sports yeah. week. And uh, we'll we got some games the garden, right? The Jimmy V Classic at the Garden tomorrow night, Ray. Some good, some good college oh, yeah, hoops we got going some on. College hoops, yeah. We'll start talking about it very soon, very soon. Once these NFL playoffs die down, we'll, we'll talk about some college basketball. Yeah. All right, and the NBA too. Take care. Have a great sports week. We are out. <laughs>